Star Wars meets Platoon. Fearless Fred presents Mud 79, a fan-made Star Wars story like you've never heard before. At 17, Solomon Kwai joins the Imperial Army, becoming part of the Galactic War Machine. But will he survive? Get down! Lead the way and list today. Fearless Fred presents Mud 79, a fan-made Star Wars story. Available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your favorite podcast. Welcome to the Capes and Tights podcast. I'm your host, Justin Soderberg, right here on capesandtights.com. This week's episode features Jordan Bloom, Pat Oswalt, and Tim Seeley. This is our first episode with three guests. Jordan Bloom is known for the book Minor Threats over at Dark Horse, Modoc Head Games at DC, as well as Extreme Venomverse, Edge of Spider-Verse, as well as he's the co-creator and writer of the Modoc TV show on Hulu. Patton Oswalt also co-wrote Minor Threats, Modoc Head Games, and also co-wrote Modoc's TV show over, over at Hulu, but as well also a writer on Black Hammer and JLA Working, a Welcome to the Working Week. Also starred on King of Queens and Ratatouille, as well as with many other movies and TV shows. And then Tim Seeley, writer of one of my favorite comic books of all time, The Revival, as well as Hackslash, Local Man with our friend Tony Fleece, West of Sundown, The Roadie, and many other books over the years for the big two to the to independent publishers and so much more. This episode, we talked about their comic book, Tim's, Jordan's, and Patton's comic book, The Alternates over at Dark Horse, which is a spinoff of the Minor Threats series released later earlier this year. You can grab the alternates on your local comic book shop's shelves on September 13th, 2023, as well as the Minor Threats trade paperback available right now. This episode, you know, was fun. We talked about about, about the comic book, the Minor Threats book, and so much more. Enjoy. But before you do, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter, as well as follow us, rate, review, all that stuff over at Spotify and Apple Podcasts. This is episode number 123 featuring Patton Oswalt, Jordan Bloom, and Tim Seeley, writers on The Alternates from the World of Minor Threats. Enjoy, everyone. All right. Should we stay on Wizard Magazine? Exactly. We stay on, we stay on Wizard Magazine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, well, welcome to the podcast. Uh, you know, chatting for like a little bit there is like it's funny to do all those like pre get all the stuff that you don't want to say on the recording out, out before there's some really good stuff we talked about no i'm kidding uh well welcome to the podcast and, and you two jake for taking time out uh, and pat will join us hopefully at some point here but let's chat um first of all well the reason Jordan, we don't want to talk okay. about wizard magazine on the we don't want to talk about wizard magazine on the podcast is because we're gonna we clearly just plan to launch our own podcast <laughs> yes, talking about right. wizard magazine. we have to save it for that Right. Can't do it here. That would be giving up our, our really our inside weapon to fame here is our us talking about Wizard Magazine every week that people just could just die to listen to. Well, you got to get Charles uh, Soul and Ryan Brown on there and call it Wizard Magazine. So oh, you can take the whole curse words part of it on there, too. And then you just take the change the one the copyright. You don't worry about that anymore. You know, right. Ryan lives right down the street out my window here, just down the street. I could use, easily bring him in for us. So no problem. And isn't like Charles Soule like a lawyer? I'm sure he has tons of time to talk about Wizard Magazine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's also not busy at all, like any of you. <laughs> but yeah, we're here to talk about uh, comic books uh, and, and minor threats and the alternates and all that stuff. Uh, you know, for those who don't know, obviously, uh, Jordan, you and Patton started uh, Minor Threats over at Dark Horse. 
we want to talk mostly about uh, uh, the alternates as in, you know, because it's the one that's coming out here pretty soon as well. Tim was a writer on it as well. So, but do you want to give a little synopsis, uh, Jordan, on what the minor threats is uh, in that the trade just came out before we get into everything else? Yeah, absolutely. So minor threats, uh, the, the first volume, it was a story about C-list uh, super villains, kind of the jobbers, uh, the, the working class villains who, uh, band together when um, uh, an A-list villain has kind of overstepped, killed a sidekick, and brought all this heat down uh, on the city and decide they're going to go after this A-lister and take him out and collect the bounty on him. And of course, nothing goes right. So it's it's definitely kind of a, a Coen Brothers meets uh, the Flash's rogues kind of story where we really wanted to tell the perspective of, you know, these guys who usually get webbed up in the cold open of a Spider-Man comic or, you know, tied to a telephone pole uh, and give them their due and, and get to kind of the heart of what makes these guys tick and why would they, you know, put on these masks and commit to this life of uh, getting, you know, beat up by, by the Batmans of the world. So, um, you know, it was really about, again, telling a, a new fresh perspective and, you know, Tim, I think, saw that and and found another story to kind of you know that felt more like a, a spiritual cousin i think to what we had done which was you know let's let's investigate the perspective of these other characters you never get to hear their kind of point of view or you know what is it like to exist in a a universe that has 60 years of comic continuity and how that can really ruin your life uh and uh you know so so tim do you want to kind of take us into your pitch Nothing. that you brought to us that we were so excited about yeah, well, I, you know, so Jordan and I have known each other for a while. We uh, were working on a, a adaptation of uh, of one of my comics, uh, and so we talked a lot about things that we liked, and we come up with a lot of ideas. I, Jordan and I probably have the closest uh, aesthetic of any two people <laughs> in comics, like the things we like, and then Pat is really close. Uh, but uh, he had sent me the first issue, of Minor Threats, when when they got it all finished up. Uh, you know, and I'm a fan of uh, Scott Hepburn's art. And then also, I, I was talking to Pat about this yesterday. Pat wrote one of my favorite superhero books of all time, which is called JLA Working to the Welcome to the Working Week, uh, which is this uh, JLA story from like the early 2000s uh, that kind of has just like the, the the stuff that's not the superhero stuff about superheroes, which I thought was so great. So, um, but inspired their their book inspired this idea, which was essentially, you know, if we're talking about sort of the B superhero characters, there's probably all, or villain characters, there must be these be superheroes and i thought about what would happen you know if you were the characters in this world you were like you know the the you were not you were not the starring characters you're the ones that get your book canceled all the time you're the guest starring role uh but then you got rebooted and you got made into something more sophisticated right so obviously i'm doing a little bit of a metaphor here for characters like animal man and swamp thing and uh those kind of characters that became these you know these adult sophisticated characters sandman uh being one of them so our, our standing characters for this is what if it happened? What if you got rebooted, you became sophisticated and appreciated an adult and you saw things in a new way and then you got shuffled back and stuffed back into that universe that you used to be part of. Uh, so it's essentially this, uh, a lot of these characters sort of dealing with um, kind of like drug withdrawal. Uh, mm -hmm. they're, they're sort of drug addicts to some degree for this life they used to have. Uh, so I pitched that Jordan Patton and of course, both of them are big 90s Vertigo fans. And so we started throwing stuff back together. And the story really congealed really quickly. And it's so amazing how easily it ties into their bigger Twilight City and the 
ideas that they have for their world. Um, and so it's kind of, you know, it's a parallel idea. It's a little bit of a satire, but it also has high stakes and has very grounded emotional things, even though it's set in this fantastical um, superhero world. That's awesome. Yeah, you, obviously, you, like... both of you guys know uh, what it's like. What, what were you going to say, Jordan? Oh, I was just going to say, I think, you know, what it captures really well is, is sometimes when you you do these stories, you know, that kind of break down superhero comics, there can be this attitude of like, well, isn't this dumb? Or look at the, you know, if this existed in the real world, you know, th this would be insane. But I think we, these are love letters to comics we love, you know, in the way that uh, the first Minor Threats was a love letter to Again, the the C-listers, uh, the the morts of the month. If we're talking about wizard, you know, the, the losers uh, who who commit to crime. And then this was to early Vertigo, which again was based on here's a bunch of characters: Animal Man, Doom Patrol. People like them, but you know they they don't really sustain their books. No one's really using them. Go off and do adult comics with them and tell new stories. And so, so I love that, but I also love the fact that these characters had two-dimensional superhero stories in their background and how do you make sense of these two kind of identities of, of publishing identities almost so i think that's what really spoke to me in, in tim's pitch of making that metafiction making that part of the story you know it's it's i've said it before which is becoming hard more and more uh you know wrong for me to say it was it's hard to create a superhero or type, type universe outside of the big two for a while there. There's only a few ones were successful. Obviously, Tim, you've been able to do that too over with Local Man with Tony. And, and then obviously, you know, you guys with, with Minor Threats and, and the alternates. It's But it's these different stories. You can't just, you know, make your own, you know, not everybody can be invincible in Robert Kirkman and like create their own like superhero universe. It's like that. You guys have to make this different. And that's what I love about it. So I love it that it's actually a different story. It's the stuff that people aren't talking about in the big two. This is the things that are like, you know, those C-list characters are just so much fun to follow that don't have the one character that takes over and just sells the title because it says Batman on it or Joker on it or something like that. It's so cool to have these other stories that we we would love, all of us would love to see out of these Marvel and DC books, but just never going to happen. And that's what's cool about, you know, not never going to happen, but more unlikely to happen. Uh, but it's cool about what you guys are doing with Minor Threats and, and the alternates. Is the actual title Minor Threats? whatever it's called, the alternates, or he's just going to be called the alternates. From the world of minor threats, okay. the alternates. Okay, so that's that's yeah. the name? Or maybe... <laughs> yeah. Uh, you have to ask Dark Horse. Uh, <laughs> I think it's actually, I think the solicitation does say, it does say uh, from the world of minor threats, the alternates. But like you, like you said, it, most people are going to call it the alternates, yeah. knowing that it's part of the minor threats universe. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I think um, you're right about that. Absolutely. And, and, go ahead, George. Yeah. No, no, you go ahead. You go ahead. <laughs> I was like, you know, you were saying about the the, the difficulty of sort of creating these superhero yes. universes, and, and part of it is, is it's just like the you most people get everything they need in superheroes from you know the Marvel movies, and then there's some people who get them from the Marvel movies and the DC movies, and some people who get it from the Marvel movies and the and the DC movies and the Marvel comics, and then and at some point it's like people you know superhero comics superheroes have dominated the comic medium for so long uh and for a whole lot of reasons but um you know it is hard and maybe there's not always a good reason to do something other than it because there's so much of that material already and i feel like minor threats is the reason to do it because there is so few sort of um 
where it's okay to be fun and it's okay to laugh about superheroes. It's, it's you know, when you do that at Marvel and DC, you usually find yourself, uh, the, you get a lot of angry fans because they don't like it when you make fun of this stuff. They feel like you're insulting mm -hmm. them. And I think they're a little bit sensitive about the fact that most of these things were created for children anyway. Uh, so so I think, you know, the, the idea that when you come into this, you, you have to find something that that they can't do. Uh, and and it's really become clear over the years that's really difficult for Marvel and DC to make fun, funny, satirical comics. It's not really something they can pull off and their fans don't respond to it. But I think Minor Threats proves you can because uh, it's a big success. And it's also, I think Jordan Patton managed to find this thing where, yeah, it's funny. And yeah, the, the characters have these sort of almost ridiculous names, but they're really sincere. And also the stakes are high, which I think is also hard to do in satirical stuff. Um, it's probably why the tick, which is one of my favorite comics of all time, you know, I think has some degree trouble sort of staying uh, relevant or new is because it's sooner or later it sort of loses the stakes, right? It, there's, you're just, you're sort of having a laugh, you know, and I think that's something that they figured out with minor threats that I really felt like, you know, that's valuable and that's something that we can expand upon too. Yeah. I, I think for us, you know, Pat and I are, are obviously huge movie nerds and it was kind of finding what are the sub genres here because i think that's mm -hmm. how you can find new stories so we knew we wanted to do low level crime caper like i said like a coen brothers vibe you know um these are the, the lowest people on the totem pole but they're desperate and they want to escape their reality so they're going to put on these costumes and commit these crimes and i think with the alternates it um you know it's a story about addiction and recovery mm -hmm. ultimately that happens to be about superheroes and mirror universes where they get to be, you know, the best versions of themselves or these, these heightened versions and then coming back to reality, which I think is a lot like what drug addiction is, you know, uh, my own personal one, not to get too, I was in, I was addicted to Adderall in college because it unlocked in my mind, the best version of me. And I wasn't on, or, you know, especially when I was working on productions or, you know, even interacting with people is like, I got to unlock the best version of Jordan through this pill. And uh, this is not an anti-Adderall uh, rant. If it works for you, good. <laughs> I overdid it. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, I do not use it anymore. But it was very much this. I got it. You know, everything is, is dull and boring until I activate this version <laughs> of me. And I think that's very much in this of like, yeah, imagine you got to you know, go over to another universe and you are a God or you were this bigger thing and, and your powers and your consciousness was expanded. And now you're back to this tiny little superhero world where you got to just fight the bad guys. And how do you go back to that? You know, mm -hmm. how does Swamp Thing go back to just being a, a horror character after he's been this much bigger thing that connects to the green and is saving universes and stuff? So, yeah. So I just found that to be fascinating. Mm hmm. Absolutely. We got Pat in the house. Hey, Pat. Oh, hi. Okay, good. I didn't know whether you guys could hear me. Hi. Hi, welcome. Sorry, I'm, I'm, th th this day is crazy. How you doing? Good, how are you? Good, thanks for having us on, man. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I, let's just continue rolling here then. I mean, so my biggest question was when I was reading the alternates and, and when I got that from, uh, from Dark Horse's PR was, was this like obviously Tim pitched the idea, but was it was the plan to do more just different stories in the minor threats world instead of just continuing on with like what you had originally done with the first you know four issues? Was this like tell these little pocket stories in this world originally before this pitch came in? 
I, initially, I'm going to be totally honest. We were just good fo- focused on the four issues on the story. Um, uh, and then as we went along, and this is very much uh, due to Scott Hepburn's artwork, the little stuff he would fill in on the sides, these little other characters where we would begin to wonder, what is this character's story? What is their background? What are they doing? And and the fact that it attracted someone like Tim Seeley to go, wait a minute, what if this, you know, that it was, it, it happened very, very organically. It happened, I mean, obviously we we love the fact that there are massive stories going on in the background. As Jordan was saying, what does 60 years of continuity look like when it's never fully repaired or fixed? Um, we just didn't realize how fertile the soil was that we were laying down. And it and it's very gratifying to know that. And we like the idea that if if Redport, where the minor threats, the first book is set, mm-hmm. is like Staten Island, well, then what's the Brooklyn or Queens of yeah. Twilight City and, and who would live there, what characters would inhabit it? And I think Tim really ran with that, that like, you know, over here is Frankie's story and what it's like to live over there. But over here is a whole new set of kind of characters and inhabitants yeah. of, of the world. Um, and yeah, and it just to me, you know, Tim's idea felt, like I said, like sp- spiritually right to admit it, it captured all the things I think we were going for in the first volume, but focusing on a completely new type of story that, again, felt unique and a different perspective we we hadn't seen. And it allowed us to sort of get something ahead so that those guys could work on the important stuff, which was the continuation uh, <laughs> of their story, playtime story. And we could kind of do this like parallel thing. And, you know, and then the real stars, you know, they could really line up and knock this thing out of the park. So, you know, happy to do it, happy to keep the people fed and, and uh, busy while they're really, really ch- uh, clamoring for your stuff, guys. So, But it's- again, the, well, the, 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 the parallel story is so captivating and speaks to a much bigger thing going on in this world that that the main characters, people like the searcher, uh, th- they don't actually see that. But you realize how crucial the side stories are. I just I love that aspect of history that, you know, in the early 70s, yeah, there's probably some massive Emerson Lake and Palmer concert going on at Madison Square Garden. At the meantime, in a rec room down in the Bronx at someone's um, birthday party, literally hip hop is being invented. At some, and, and, and that is actually there's a there's a friggin' plaque there now where, where that first house party happened. So you never know when the next seismic the the next seismic thing is always happening and it's and it rarely has cameras on it when it goes down that's an mm-hmm. awesome metaphor. <laughs> that's <a> yeah. <laughs> yeah and that's and a- we found i think very organic ways to you know there are some characters from the first minor threats that show up in uh in the alternates but again it they, they all made sense for the story i mm-hmm. think and uh you know, we, obviously we love shared universe stuff, but we never wanted to get in the way of what the alternates was about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and yeah. you obviously put together this story with Tim and all that stuff. And obviously Scott is not the interior artist on this one. Was that just because it's this offshoot and that Scott is going to come back at some point? Or is this just how it fell? Like, how, how did this happen with Scott not doing interiors on this one? Uh, Tim just refused to work with them. It was just <laughs> real ugly. 
I have a no Canadians rule. It's a it's a hard firm rule. No Canadians. They make me uncomfortable. Uh, but, <laughs> no, uh, you know we we would love to have had Scott, yeah. but he he was busy. Um, so, but I think the thing we thought was important, you know, Scott was going to start working on on the next uh, minor threat stuff, and we really felt like he should also be involved aesthetically, though, because I mm. think it's exactly what Pat was saying is that Scott is this insane visual creative he's, he just pumps out these amazing ideas and all these designs and when you see one of scott's designs you're like what's the story which is that's like a yes it's like a dave cockrum you know jack kirby sort of thing like when stan lee saw the silver surfer and was like what's that dude is he space jesus and jack's like i don't know i, I just drew it and that's kind of scott's right. aesthetic right and so for the first you know when we came up with the names i think we kind of bandied about these ideas um and so i had the idea for the name the tripper and Jordan and or Pat and or Patton had the name for Crab Louie. And we just kind of threw these things back, multi-monster and all these kind of characters. We just sort of threw them around. And then so I would do a draft of them uh, as a design. And then we would give it to great and powerful Scott. And he would be like, yay or nay. Uh, or he would, you know, add some designs. Or he did takes on them when they were the original uh, heroes that they first appeared as. So it really left us some room, you know, to sort of, it's aesthetically in the same wheelhouse. Uh, and then we can also just have the maestro come in and go like, check, check, check. Mm -hmm. There's purple on that one, and then we're good. And his covers—he did all the A covers, yes. and they're some of the best. I think his oh best work God. ever. It's incredible. Yeah, it's, it's like, and again, even in his A, even in the covers where he's just doing a cover, he adds little details that make you ask questions about the world. He—he's mm -hmm. just. Oh, he's so fabulous. <laughs> and that's to say, uh, he is. And that's what I was saying, not to take away from, you know, Christopher Mitten and Tess Fowler. They're, they did a wonderful job on this book. But, like, there was something where I was like, oh, it's like, well, no, it wasn't a letdown. It was one of those ones that you were hoping to see that, and I didn't. And then I was yeah. like, but the artwork in, in the alternates is absolutely phenomenal as well. So you just added to your team of phenomenal, phenomenal creators. Well, we stuff. also – we really lucked out with with uh, with Mittens and with Tess right. Fowler. You know, Mittens' art has this wonderful tension to it, where you feel like, yes, these are people back in the normal world. They're they're not on the ledge anymore, but you can feel them bristling with the need to reconnect to that world. And then having Tess show what that world actually was, how much more richer and rewarding and wonderful it was to live in you really get these people's pain. So the, the collaboration between Mittens and Fowler showing that tension, I think is fantastic for this book. We really lucked out. I was just thinking and you guys are going to for me, they the more people possible to list inside oh. of a book saying working on a book. <laughs> <laughs> I think they also capture that, both of them, their styles capture that 90s, vertigo stuff in yeah. different ways like yeah yeah sort of stuff like reminds me a ton of like early doom patrol and stuff while tess's reminds me more of the covers you know mm -hmm. to vertigo uh like and and uh like the swamp thing covers and the Samian covers so i think it's like they both invoke a period but they're very different and i think you know i love the way that they kind of fit together mm -hmm. right and adding to that you have other covers obviously tim uh, did a cover where you have Fabio Moon, you got Martin Sims, you got Tony Fleece. Like these cover artists you guys are getting for these things are insane. We called in all the favors, oh. basically. We're just, yeah. Like, 
Tess did an alt cover for um, issue four of Minor Threats that I was so blown away by that I bought the original art immediately. I was like, I'm not even negotiating with anyone else. What do you want for this? I'll pay you right now. It was That's it's great. so fabulous. I'm a big fan of Tim's artwork too, so that that adds to it. Not you know, you were just a throw yeah. in, but you know, I know. Right? According, according to Dark Horse, <laughs> it's like, do you want this Tim guy on with you too? <laughs> ah. Everybody's like, wait, you draw? And it's like, no, just just a little. I dabble, you know, and I just a single tear rolled down my face. And, <laughs> oh, I love, I love the Tim cover. The Tim cover is one of my favorites because it absolutely hits like the mundane we want the absurdity of the mundane of a yes. crab guy sitting there okay yes. uh, oh a body God. That's, that's a little body um, like that to me is the book so that run that piece yeah. really clicked for me with, with what the, yeah. the vibe of the book was and i should add in there we talked before we started recording which was that uh ryan brown also has a cover on issue two which big fan of ryan brown as well so that adds that oh boy you know, tim's neighbor yeah. <laughs> triumphant yeah crab louie uh i think uh you don't, you don't want to like predict these things like oh this is going to be the character everyone loves but i think that's going to be the character everyone's going to love and his take on it is in minor threats i got the feel from reading the book that both jordan and pat and you guys love comic books like there's a this like there's this thing that comes through that's not written on the pages but shows that you love comic books and then you add in alternates it just adds that even more because you can feel that tim also loves comic books. And I love that about the comic book because it just shows, it's like your love letter. It's the love letter to people who love comics. And it's people who don't, aren't big comic book fans, like deep, long-term comic book fans are going to love these books. But also it's gonna, the people yeah. who are long-term comic book fans will love it even more if that makes any sense. Well, yeah. And, and I think that you can't really either deconstruct or satirize something unless you actually love it. That mm -hmm. satire that comes from, I hate this thing and it's lame, always falls flat but satire that comes from i love this thing why didn't it go farther why didn't it give me more of what i love that's when you get the truly great satires pastiches tributes that's where you get that you know alan moore didn't hate comic books when he did the watchmen he was just like there's stuff that's missing and i want to put that in there right. you know yeah. and that's what we're doing with this and I think comics could, especially like a certain kind of superhero, which has kind of become like there, there's this sort of moving towards like these things have to be practical and they have to be, you know, realistic and grounded. And, and there's this sort of slow disdain for like the goofy shit. And I love the goofy shit in superhero books. Like one of the things yeah. that they did in the first Minor Threats was they had the Boulevard of Broken Time and and just these things that are or, or, you know, like the giant dead kaiju and and uh that's such cool stuff because it's it's sincere love for something it's like sort of seeing it through to its end but um i i love that stuff that you know the that's the reason to read superhero books for me because if i wanted to read like hard crime books i wouldn't read batman i would read you know like a david simon story or something so i feel like the you know the the ideas of, of being able to do these sort of loving tributes to the to the things that made superheroes work for so long, you know, I feel like it's more needed now than ever because there's this yeah. action against it. Like everything has to be now, you know, super badass, you know, Mortal Kombat kind of stuff. And it's like, I, I would rather us get into the weird, like a lot. Yeah. yeah. It reminds me, uh, you know, working on, uh, when I started working on uh, American Dad, Seth MacFarlane would always be like, why 
you know, why tell this in animation? If you can do it anywhere else, don't don't make it an animated show. And I feel like we ask ourselves the same thing, like, how is this? Why can you only tell this in a superhero universe? Like, we don't want to have two scenes of two normal people just sitting down and talking. Like, there's got to be that extra element of, like, this could only exist here. There's something happening in the background. There's something that fills in the world that goes, only superhero stories can do this. Mm-hmm. And I think with the C-list characters and the, and the things like minor threats and the bar and stuff like that, like we always see these big characters doing big world world ending things. Like the fact that you don't actually have to see them have a drink and hang out and, and complain about the old days or things like that. And that's something that's cool yeah. about things like the bar and minor threats and, and, and so on. And, and right. what you're going to get in minor threats universe compared to other universes, they try here and there. They dabble it here and there. Like, you know, Marvel did release that damage control book recently uh, with trying to get more like, you know, what happens after a big destroyed city you know so on and so forth but like i don't know minor threats is going to give you that that some of these big twos are not going to give you yeah it's the it's the mundane and the absurd i think is what we love and i think both books start there right you have like you said a bar in the first one and in in the alternates uh it's a support group and they're drinking shitty coffee and pulling up folding chairs and sitting in a circle but yeah it it launches them into this whole other kind of story Wonderful. And, and, and you know what? I'm going to call, call his name out. And you have your editor extraordinaire there from over at Dark Horse. Daniel is one of the best editors in comic books. And you guys oh, are boy. lucky enough to have Daniel on these books. Uh, you know, what's it like working with Daniel? Uh, he breathes down our neck when he doesn't have to. It's much appreciated. <laughs> yeah. Like, because we're always going to get it done. But <laughs> it's like a good reminder that we have this uh, yeah. monthly force to get us to get us through this. But his whole thing is ABC, always be comicking. And, you know, and coffee is for comicers. And if we get, um, I think if we're the top selling book, what do we get? A Cadillac? That's right. And second selling book is steak knives. And third selling book is your pulp. And that's his whole thing. That's uh, it. We don't take yeah. nothing after that. Just go die. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Mignola seems to have all the Cadillacs, though, and Lemire. We have a lot of steak knives. Yeah, but yeah, Daniel was on once before on the podcast before too. We chatted a bunch about different things, and this is right. Honestly, he came on before Minor Threats was even out. Um, but I, I, anything I feel like I've ever read, I'm like, wow, I really like this book from Dark Horse. And I look, oh, edited by Daniel. Just either Daniel's just attaching himself to books that are really good in the first place, or he has some sort of input that's helping these books get along. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's fit. I mean, he's behind all these. Again, you look at the other books he, has, you know, yeah. Black Hammer and stuff, and they're all these brand new universes. And you know, he yeah. has helped grow those into what they are. And he's also an amazing facilitator. Like we've gotten these incredible covers because of Daniel's mm-hmm. relationships, and he's very good at picking the right artist for the right cover and all that stuff. So he's been yeah. amazing. But. Yeah. <laughs> So these stories, like the alternates, is going to drop on in the mid in September. What September thirteenth, I think, is the first issue debuts. Yeah, I'm sure that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, we are sadly recording this after, or actually on today. Today must be FOC. Is that where? Is that my right about that? Is yeah, I think Monday? the final order. Um, yeah. so it's not people are. This isn't going to matter, but still tell your local comic book shop that you want it because hopefully. Uh, either they'll be able to get it or get second printings or things like that if it sells uh, really well, which it should yeah. sell really well. It's a really good book. Uh, and then the second issue comes in October. Is this something you? I mean, this is you just mentioned more alternate, uh, you know, more stuff in the minor threats thing. This is you're rolling with this. You're doing more with this. You're trying. You're going to do as much as you possibly are allowed to do at Dark Horse. I'm guessing. 
Is that correct? Yeah. Say no. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we just want to keep doing building this universe. It's the best. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I'm excited for more on this stuff too. But uh, you know, is there, the, the the book is amazing. I read the first issue. I'm excited to see where it goes and what ha what more happens. There's a lot that happens in this first issue. is exciting. Uh, Minor threats is amazing. Minor threats available in trade. Uh, people should get that as well. Um, but I mean, other than that, is there anything else going on in the world of the three of you that you can talk about that you want to talk about at all? I don't want. Like I said, I, there's some things going on in Hollywood that are not. Uh, you know, you guys are still striking. Are you guys picketing at all over there in, in Jordan and in, in Patton? Yeah. Yeah, we're lines? picketing, raising money, and yeah, we're out there. That's good. That's good. Hey, Dan? Yeah. You. This is the darkest the writers ever looked. Uh, we're out there <laughs> for the first time. This is crazy. We don't know what to do with ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, having yeah. just like a curtain pulled and typing i forget yeah. who it was i think it was uh it might have been kevin smith and, and mark bernardin's podcast they were talking mark was talking about how when the writers were on strike they were the best looking people on the picket line and then when the actors went on strike they're like oh now we're not gonna be the best looking people on the picket line anymore <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> but uh yeah go. exactly yeah <laughs> but uh yeah so i'm so pumped that you guys came on here to talk uh, uh the alternates minor threats all that stuff I was trying to explain to people, I don't usually try to promote my podcast within my other job just because I like to separate the two, but there's like certain ones where I'm like, no, I'm really excited to talk to these people about this book. And I was explaining to people and I forget all the time that they don't read comics. So when I start saying like, you know, the revival is one of my favorite comic books of all time, you, you know, Tim's going to be on there. Mordok Head Games is amazing. Gotta, gotta, gotta like who? Who are these people? Oh my God. <laughs> because I don't read Thank comics. You. But, then, but then I say things like, oh yeah, yeah. No, no, other things you guys do, uh, TV and movie related and things like that. And they're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, See, got nothing. I got I, just, uh, yeah. I don't have to you get just... in this again. Yeah. I'll go pick it with you guys. Maybe I'll get hired. <laughs> uh, <laughs> tell them to read Local Man, which Local I think Man, yes. 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 And Local love. Oh my God. If you, if you love, if you love hate, 90s image comics the way that mm -hmm. tim seeley clearly loves slash hates them yes. local man is a work of love and genius and cringe i cannot <laughs> recommend it any higher yes absolutely yeah. absolutely and again like i said revival yeah. is uh you know tops i was late to the game on revival i hate to say that but i was and, and my co local comic book shop owner and i were both like how the hell were we this late to revival and I'm so pissed that I missed it on the on the first initial round, but I read it afterwards, and it's one of my favorites. And so I'm really excited to see, you know see what you guys are doing more with this stuff. And I'm excited for everything, right? Keep up the great work. That's all I'm gonna say on that. Yay! <laughs> well, thank you for having us. We'll try. Absolutely. Thank Thanks, you for man. Taking Thanks the time. so much. Yes, thank you for taking the time out of your day to do this. You guys are busy people. Uh, keep up the great work. Grab the alternates on September 13th at your local comic book shop as well as the minor threats. Grab it at the same time. Why not, right? Grab minor threats. Read that. Yeah, why uh, not? And trade. Yeah, why not? So I really appreciate you guys right. taking the time. Uh, and again, thank you. I really do. Thanks, guys. Take it easy. Take it easy, guys. Bye, guys. Bye.